bless the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Can everybody in the house and in your house say amen? let's pray. I would say reach out and touch somebody, but that's not happening right now. Come on, let's pray. We know that our nation and maybe you are in a time of turmoil and confusion and just trouble. But I believe that God, the psalmist said, is a very present help in a time of trouble. He can be that for you personally, right there at home, right here in the church that way for us in the nation. The Bible tells us that if we'll direct our attention toward him and turn, he'll heal, he'll hear, and he will heal. So let's pray even today in the midst of all the crazy that God is still steady and that God's eyes are open. He says his eyes are on the righteous and his heart is open and directed toward the righteous. Come on, any righteous in the room? Come on. Anybody made Jesus the Lord of your life? You there at the house? Yeah. So let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, the name that paid for our eternal freedom and our eternal redemption. We come to you, Father. Father of lights, God of all mercy, God of all comfort, who comforts us, you told us, when we're afflicted, when we're distressed, when we don't know what to do. I pray all of our eyes in the room and at home are upon you. Who else have we in heaven but you? Father, we pray our nation in all the divisiveness and all the right and left and black and white and on one side or the other, we pray in the middle of it all that righteousness and justice and mercy for the afflicted and the poor and the downcast would be shown. And Father, we pray that your will that's in heaven would be done. Thy, come on church, help me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that, Father. We pray that, that you would be glorified in our lives and in our families and in our children and our grandchildren that we would be salt and light right now, in this time, in this generation, that we would stand on the side of righteousness and mercy and compassion. So Lord God, work a deep work in us as you're working your work through us to all those around us. And everybody in the room and everybody in your room Everybody said amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Glad you're in church on the day after the 4th. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on, why don't you go ahead and be seated, everybody. We are thrilled. We are thrilled that you are here with us. Everybody had a good 4th? Nobody blew off anything? No, nobody, nobody got hurt on fire, you know, fireworks or anything like that? Uh, I, I saw my son-in-law actually sent me a, um, a video from uh, Los Angeles last night, and uh, there was a helicopter, I guess, going by or a plane, and they were taking images of what was going on in L.A. when they said uh, no fireworks and stuff like that. And come on, if you live in L.A., come on, how many, you know, you got a little bit of, you got a little bit of chutzpah, you got a little bit of whatever in L.A., and they said, no, we having fireworks. And so it, it looked pretty cool from the helicopter, and there was just fireworks going on uh, all over town. And so, uh, come on, anybody like me, you, you grew up with fireworks? Come on, anybody, come on. 
on. I, I grew up in the South, and we used to stop. I was telling some guys in the band, we would stop. You know, uh, they sold fireworks from, from June all the way through July, and, and you'd just buy fireworks, and you'd blow up your brothers and stuff like that. It was just kind of fun, so shout out to brothers. Hey, again, glad that you're here with us. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity, as we always do, for those that are in the room and those watching online, give you an opportunity to what we call so financially into what God's doing here in the local church. In the midst of all the stuff that's happening, how many know the church of Jesus Christ is still going on? It, it, come on. Come on. Can you clap real big so everybody at home can, can know that we're excited about that? Yeah. Uh, and so we're just, I'm just really excited that we can have the opportunity, that God gives us the opportunity to partner with him. Think about that, that God lets us partner with him in his cause, and that he in turn would then take care of us while we're on the earth. Phenomenal. Uh, we, we try to bring the scripture to you a little bit along the, uh, along the lines of offering, just so that we can all have our faith built up. Sometimes we'll give you a scripture, an encouraging word, a story. I, I want to just for the next several weeks, I'm going to break down something we could talk about at one time, but break it down just in bite-sized points for the next several weeks and give you just one tidbit of something to consider when it comes to offering time, when it comes to your own life and what you do with money, what you do in your own life with money. Because money, you, it took you money to get here today. It's going to take you money to go home, gas in your car. You're going to eat what you bought with money for lunch. So money is a very important thing that God knows, and we need to have right biblical ideas about money and what God says and his word says about it. So I want to give you a couple thoughts this morning to consider. Uh, uh, point number one, be here on our little cool screen. I want to encourage you to make generosity a priority. Can you say that out loud? Make generosity a priority. I really believe that in all of our lives, if we will do this, we're going to start seeing a shift in our lives. I know people that, that go through life and they're always looking for a handout. And I also know people going through life, they always have something in their hand to give to somebody else. Which are you? Who are you? I want to encourage you, make generosity a priority in your life. Live a generous life. Look how you can bless, not how you can be blessed. Can I get a better amen up in here? Come on, we got some weak amens in the church this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraging you. If you will make that shift that you will actually understand the scripture is true, you do have seed to sow. You do have bread to eat. You are blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Come on, everybody. So you're not wishing, praying, hoping, asking to be blessed. You already is blessed. You are blessed. So since you're blessed, you can be a blessing. So, so, so make generosity a priority. And this shouldn't have popped up, but since it is cheat sheet, there we go. Here's what the first thing you need to do with your money is you need to give first. You need to give first. Don't put giving at the very bottom. Give first. We'll talk about that in the weeks ahead. You need to make a plan, and you need to say, I am going to be a person who gives first. I'm going to give to the church first. I'm giving to God first. I'm giving to missions first. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving first. What we do next is that we save. Come on, it's going to show. There we go. We save. We save. My daddy said, if you're going to pay anybody, Gary, he told me and my brothers, make sure you pay yourself. You give first. You honor God. I was taught as a little boy. We honor God. We tithe and we give offerings. That's just what we do. That's what we do up here in the house. The Isbels, we tithe and we give offerings and support the poor. That's what we do. We're generous. 
That's the way I was raised. And then my dad said, before you buy the truck, before you buy the car, before you go out to Carl's Jr., you make sure you save some of that money. You save. You pay yourself. So that means you invest. You save. You have a savings account. You get hooked up with, you know, all the great, great programs, not Christian programs, Dave Ramsey, and you figure out how you can get that snowball effect working for you. And then the third thing we do is we spend. We spend. This is how you live. You spend within your means after you have given and after you have saved. This is a biblical principle, guys. This this isn't some kind of money, money thing. This is a biblical principle that if you will do this, if you'll make generosity a priority, God will start working things in you that 2020, even though it's half over and it look, looks crazy, been some crazy times, you'll be able to say, I'm going to get a, a rampant going up for 2021 and my life is going to change. Come on, somebody say amen up in the room. Uh, we've been encouraging you and so many people, I think 90% of the people or so, you all that are here and online, have been giving by, uh, of course, online and be giving through texting and, and, and the generosity through electronic means. Uh, we do have the opportunity, if you're in the room, you want to give by cash or check, still some people do that. An offering basket will be back in the back in the physical location. And we so appreciate everybody online that's live right now or listening later that is supporting what God is doing here. Come on, the mission is still moving down the field. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity that you do give us seed to sow. Help us get this right. Help us manage our money right. Talk to us. We want to be generous. That's our heart. We want to be. And just doggone it, Father, sometimes it's just tough. It's just hard. Uh, Father, so rid greed and lust and avarice and comparison out of our lives and let us see you and what you want to do with your money that we manage. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Glad you're with us this morning. We got a little new little setup here. We got a little TV here. We're trying to get fancy in, in, in 2020 and just try to try to make things uh, uh, not only for you that are here, but if you are not in the room and you're online, that we can uh, not only see the big screen behind, but you'll be able to tune in with us here. And so this morning, we're actually starting a new series, going to be going for at least five weeks, maybe six, called Principled Living. Principled Living. How many of y'all believe that, that it is important that you be a man or a woman, a teenager that lives on principle? Three people. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's all right. I know you're with me. I know you're with me. We're going to read an Old Testament scripture from Ezekiel chapter 14 that probably, hands down, you haven't read or you haven't read in a long time. And so just because you don't know it doesn't mean you can't lean into it and know it. So let me, as we jump into this series, I'm going to set the groundwork where we're going to go. This is just foundational issues. Not going to get into different people. We're going to talk about three specific people that... The, that God actually talks to Ezekiel about, and we're going to break their lives down in the weeks ahead. Plus, we're going to add to these guys' lives a couple of other people, characters in the Old Testament, and probably one in the New Testament, about men, specifically men, ladies, you're included in this, but, but men that lived lives of principle. What you believe and how you believe it and what you do with your life will be determined by the principles that you set in your life. And whether you realize it or not, you are living right now by the principles you hold dear, whether they're right or they're wrong, whether they're true or they're, or they're not. You are living a life on principle, but it's according to maybe the wrong principle. So what we want to do is we want to look at the Word of God, and we want to analyze some people's lives so that we get our lives on track with how my life can mirror that. 
I don't know about you, but I've read stuff in the Old Testament, read some, some guys in the New Testament, and I go, how did they do that? How? Well, thank God the Bible is going to tell you pretty sure how to do that. If you will then live your life according to those principles that are dictated here in the Word of God. Now, I'm going to read you a, a, a pretty kind of crazy scripture. We're not going to read it all. We're going to read in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. Look with me on the screen. Follow along. The word of the Lord came to me again. This is Ezekiel, the prophet, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread. I'll send famine on it. I'll cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, check out these three men. In the next three weeks, we're going to talk about these three men. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, or Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord. This is a crazy scripture. Because Ezekiel gets a word from God. He's a spokesman for God. This is God Almighty downloading a word to the prophet Ezekiel to speak and prophesy to a land that we just read. This land was involved in persistent unfaithfulness. They were not following the precepts of God. They were in, they're out, they're up, they're down. They're, they're, somebody came, you know, they got involved in idolatry. They got involved in, in, in witchcraft. They got involved with you know, crazy sexual sin. And they would leave God and start worshiping these other gods by unfaithfulness that was persistent. And God says to the prophet, he says, I, I, it's done. It's done. And so God is going to do something. I would encourage you, you Bible readers, read verse 15 through 23, maybe when you go home tonight. Because God says what he just said in more detail in these next eight to nine verses. And he tells the prophet Ezekiel, prophesying to the people, what is going to happen in the land because the land, the land doesn't mean the grass and the trees and the, and the ponds. The land means the people, that the people have been unfaithful in the land. And that, again, we see what God says in these uh, secession of these verses, what God was going to do. Here's what God said he was going to do. Four things. Look on the screen. Number one, he says there's going to be this thing called the sword. The sword. The sword is going to be in the land. The sword speaks of death. There is going to be premature death. There's going to be murder. There's going to be violence going on in the land. Now, I want you to think about what the prophet, what God was telling the prophet, I want you to think about that concerning what is going on in our land right now. Now, I want to say this as a disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know everything that's going on in our land, but, but let me just throw this out there. I know you, if you're a godly person, I know you are. I believe everybody has at least prayed for a minute about what's going on. Not only COVID, not only economic, not only civil unrest. Can I tell you something? I'm going to say something that I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm going to say it. It doesn't seem like anything's changing. Could this be? Could, capital could. I'm just saying as a person. Could there be something else going on that we don't know about? That maybe God's saying, y'all need to be listening up in here. Until you listen, there's going to be some stuff going on, not only in our nation, but around the world. And, and so he says here, by your, remember the word, persistent unfaithfulness. Land, land. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to send the sword. There's going to be stuff going on. There's going to be murder. Just read the headlines right now to today from what went on in Chicago again. And, and there, there's constant murder and there's constant aggression. Sword. The second thing, there was going to be famine, meaning lack, shortage, economic struggles. Sound familiar? It's cyclical. We know it's cyclical, but, 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 but there's going to be some stuff going on right there in the land. He says, number three, there's going to be wild beasts. Again, this is just me. This isn't scripture. This isn't prophetic. I'm just looking at the wild beasts, meaning civil unrest. There's just going to be unrest. There's going to be stuff that we know right now, thank God, between blacks and whites and, and Asians and, and, and dark, darker skin, brown skin, all the stuff that's going on. I'm saying, we need to get this right. Come on, we need to get this right. There's pushing the ball down the field like we talked about for the last four weeks, that there'll be righteousness and mercy and equity in our land. Can I get an amen up in here? Yeah, that's God's will. That's God's will. But, but there's going to be wild beasts. There's going to be civil unrest. There's going to be stuff going on constantly because there's been sin in the land and pestilence, disease. We could say right now, maybe thinking about COVID-19. Where'd that come from? We kind of know where it did come from, but nobody's quite owning up to it. But can I tell you something? This isn't going to be the end. It's never the end. It's going to keep on getting worse and worse. Read the Bible. Come on, church. We read the Bible. Signs are coming. Struggles coming. Pain's coming. Come on, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Can I get an amen up in the house this morning? Yeah, come on. But when I read this, and I hope when you read this, because I used to just read those favorite scriptures. Come on, somebody. Like, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you, give him peace. And then I read this, sword, famine, wild beast, and pestilence. Come on, I'm going to skip that chapter. But that's in the Bible. Come on, that's in the book. And so what we're going to find out... <laughs> Come on, listen in, lean in, don't, 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 don't turn that channel. Come on, don't shut off me on YouTube. Come on, live stream. Y'all here, keep listening, keep listening, because there's good news. Come on, we're going to hear some good news. But here's what it says. Look on the screen real quick. Even if these three men, come on, shout their name, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in the land, it says they would only deliver themselves. They would only deliver themselves. So that should tell you that what goes on in your life should be different than what goes on in the lives of the world. Come on, everybody. They would deliver themselves even though the land was crazy. So we see, again, my words here is that the sin of Israel was so serious that even if the three of the most righteous men in Israel's history were present in the land, it would not stop God's judgment against the land. It would not stop God's judgment against the land. Now, again, let me take a step back. I don't know. <laughs> I am not saying that what we are experiencing is God's judgment. I'm telling you, I don't know. But what I do know is it seems to me that nobody is addressing this one thing that people are fasting People are praying, people are pleading, and I ain't seeing nothing change. Now, that could be we in America speaking to Americans, we just won't obey the rule. Do masks save lives? Do they not? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm American, God bless you. I don't know. I don't know. I see different nations and the curves down and Australia's open to friend in Australia and thank God, you know, they're preaching and they're not mask wearing and everybody's okay. I don't know, but I'm just talking about our culture in our nation right now. I really don't know what's going on, but I do know this. The scripture is real clear. 
even though the sin, the sin in the land, listen to me, God can keep you while you're in the land. Your faith needs to be in God, and your faith does not need to be directed into what you are hearing 24 hours a day on social media or on television. Can you say amen? So, what goes on in the land will affect you, but what goes on in the land doesn't have to infect you. It's going to affect you. Listen to me. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you have loved ones that have died of COVID. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Some of you are going through struggles. Some of you have, uh, I mean, right now, there's, the addiction is rising because quarantine and people can't get out and there's, and there's, uh, there's um, uh, depression and there's medical issues and, and there's things that are going on between marriages and people that are living together thinking about getting married and there's, and there's difficulty because what's going on right now because of quarantine. Kids with school and not knowing the future, it's affecting, but it doesn't have to infect you, meaning that you're, you're deterred, meaning that you're, 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 your thought process is, is going down a, a, a dark hole, that now you can rise up to say, it is in the land, yes, it's in the land, yes, I see it, but it is not going to affect my next years while I am alive. I plan on getting stronger. Come on, come on, young people, we plan on getting stronger. Come on, old people. Come on, we're going to make it to the finish line. Amen? No old people are clapping because they don't want to be old. Come on, everybody. Someone said this. Look here. Someone said this. A nation cannot shelter under the goodness of a few individuals. A nation cannot shelter under the goodness of a few individuals. When God looks at a nation, all throughout history, he looks at a nation. He doesn't just look at a righteous man. He looks at a righteous man, a righteous woman, and he protects them and he delivers them. But what we're going to find out is that just because there was righteous people in the land, they didn't always get what the righteous person wanted. Because God looks at the land. God looks at the nation. That's why the principles that you live by must be determined by the word of God and not by the culture in which you and I live in. You must be a person of principle. You must be a person that believes the word of God, that trusts the word of God, and doesn't lean into what is going on in society. You're not running after what everybody else is running after. Now, these three men, again, <laughs> Noah, Daniel, and Job, they could not prevent what God said was going to come, which was judgment. And again, one more time, I'm not saying, nor do I really know what's going on. But it sure is interesting that we are in a prolonged season. We were, you know, just the economic situation that happened, you know, the stuff that went on in 2001, stuff that went on in 2007 and 9, economic stuff, I, you know, shaking. I know there was lying going on and stealing going on and inflating mortgages and doing crazy stuff that was going on then. Uh, but, but again, the, the greed of man's hearts that brought the collapse of that economic time. And we're seeing all kinds of things happen just in our nation. Could it be that God is trying to shake the nation, shake the nation so their hearts would be directed towards God? And my, my, my prayer for you is that you don't get shaken and getting squashed and getting beat up until your heart turns to God. Turn to him now. Come on, turn, come on, turn to him now. Young people, turn to him now. Let me tell you. Come on. Come on. Remember God, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes in the days of your youth. Remember God right now. God will work for you, even though there's some situations happening right now that are very difficult. Very difficult.
Noah, again, Noah was a righteous man, but he couldn't preserve the world from being drowned. Think about that. He was a preacher of righteousness, Peter says, yet there was only eight people that got saved. We'll talk about Noah. Daniel, or I could, well, we said this, Job, I guess. Job was a righteous, but listen, we don't want to read this. We don't want to look at this, some of us in our theology. Job was righteous, but his children died when the house collapsed on them. How do you explain that? He got all his stuff taken away. The raiders came in and took all his stuff. Well, we know when you read the scripture, it was the attack of the enemy against him. It was the attack of the enemy. But he, even though he was righteous, he could not stop, or he did not stop, whatever your theology is, his own kids from dying. Daniel was righteous, but he could not prevent the captivity of his country. Daniel was taken captive into Babylon, along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and thousands of others from Jerusalem. Again, because it was prophesied from God because the nation had left God. Now, did God keep Daniel? Yes, he did. Did God keep Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes, he did. We're going to talk about how he did it and why he did it. So y'all need to keep listening and coming back. But the point is that when you are in a nation that will not serve God, you and I are going to be under some of the quote-unquote judgment of hearts that leave God. That's why it's imperative. I would encourage you, and I'm encouraging myself, to pray for our leaders more and more. How many of you believe right here in California we should be praying a little bit more for Governor Newsom? Come on, somebody. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Hey. <laughs> so what we find out is that God protected them. God protected them because these men, these specifically these men, were faithful to God and his word. Men, women of principle. Men, women of character. That is what you need to be working into your soul while we are in shutdown. Work on your principles and work on your soul. What you believe, what you're leaning into, what you're listening to. I, I, I believe it's so important right now that we again get our true north and get what's valuable and what we need to have in our lives right now so that we can start living by principle. Because if you will set the principles right in your life, it will then tell you what you will do or not do, what you will believe and not believe, where you will go and not go, what you will, you will allow in your life or disallow in your life because you've set your life up to live on principle. Man, culture, pressure, friends, man, difficult seasons. What we see from these guys, nothing affected them. It just didn't affect them. It did, what was going on around them, again, it was around them, it, but it didn't infect them. It didn't get in them and take them on a place away from the purpose of God. Even though, can you imagine Daniel and those three brothers being shackled, taken 800 miles away from your home, and now you're going to serve in a foreign country? And they served, and they did what God wanted them to do. And here's Job, and he lost his kids, and the raiders came, took all his camels and all of his animals, burned 
burned everything down. The brothers left. He's got boils on his skin. And his wife even said, what you going to do now, baby? You just need to curse God and die. And the brother wouldn't do it. He held true to his principle. And Noah, when everybody's saying, brother, what you doing? Building a boat. Whether your theology says it rained or not is irrelevant. He built a boat for decades after decades after decades after decades. And people saying, ain't no rain, ain't no rain, ain't no rain. And he'd have to say, but God said build a boat because he lived by principle. And he and his household were saved. The end result of a teenager, of a young person, of a mom or dad or a senior person who lives on principle will be, you will be saved. Come on, somebody. Save now, save then, save from things, saved into things. Come on, somebody. Man, let me read you one more scripture this morning. This is another scripture that maybe we don't like to read. <laughs> it's in the Gospel of Luke. Look there. Mark it with your Bible or your phone there this morning. Luke, 15, Luke 13, excuse me, Luke 13, verse 1. There were present at that season some who told him, the hymn is capital, this is Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. That's pretty awful. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Verse 4. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and they killed them. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus doesn't say anything about why Pilate murdered these Galileans or why the Tower of Siloam fell down and killed 18 people. He doesn't address it. He doesn't talk about it. Because Jesus knew in the time that this was written a couple thousand years ago, and it's still true today, that people ascribe to this theology Individual suffering is based on individual sin. And you did something to cause this. I know people, and I'm not talking to anybody in the room because I don't know if you're, I don't, nobody in the room's told me, but all my whole Christian life, I've heard people say, oh, I know why this happened. I didn't go to church last week. Or I know why this happened. I didn't tithe and bring my offering. Or I know why this happened because bad things happen in three. Like, where'd you get that theology? <laughs> Man, listen, you did something and to cause this. this. That's called retribution theology. That is not your God. Can somebody in the room say amen? So listen, <laughs> don't miss this. Don't miss this. Jesus' answer to these events was to redirect people's attention from now to then. From now to to then. Pilate murdered people. Pilate took the blood of the people, mixed it, <laughs> and drank it. He doesn't talk about it. 
He says, unless you repent, you're going to perish. They said, what, what about the Tower of Siloam that fell? What about the awful, the tragedy that happened? I ain't going to talk about it. Unless you repent, you are going to perish. There are things that happen in the land. There's things that happen. Can I tell you this this morning? That you have no answer for. And if you are the Christian to say, oh, this was the cause, you are a retribution theology person, and you are going to live a, can I say this, a dark life. Because you're going to look around at every single thing going, well, I only pray. Then, then it's never good enough. Then, then I, I, I didn't read enough Bible. And I only prayed 15 minutes. And I know I pray, prayed 20 minutes and I got the new car. And that's why my car keeps breaking down. And, and, and I, this is happening. That, and you wind up have, trying to have a works mentality that God is trying to get you to do more. Should you read? Yeah. Should you pray? Yeah. Should you give? Yeah. But God is always going to be good. Man, so Jesus just simply says, guys, listen, leave that alone. What you need to be thinking about right now is the end of your life. Living a life of principle right now will push you and lead you down a path of brightness, of light, of success, of wholeness, of peace, of love, of joy. Living a life right now a principle. Young people, my plea and my prayer for you is that you would begin working this in your life right now. And elderly people, middle-aged people, start making some adjustments that we live the end of our life maybe better than what's going on right now. Can you say amen, everybody? Man, man, oh man, oh man. I, I want to leave you just with three points. Come on. Every, every good preacher's got at least three good points before we leave on a Sunday. Come on. I don't know if I'm a good preacher or not. But I want to encourage you, don't give up on living a principled life. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't, don't, don't back off it. And, and so here's my, here's my plea to you this morning. Is that number one, understanding that God will keep you when it's crazy. Can you just say that out loud? God will keep me when it's crazy. God's going to keep me when it's crazy. That's what we read. God kept Daniel. God kept Noah. God kept Job. He's going to keep you when it's crazy. He's going to keep you when it's crazy. It's going to get crazier. Come on, everybody. <laughs> He's going to keep you. He's going to keep you when things turn sideways that you didn't see. We know from the scripture, wars and famines and family trouble. Just no reason. Why'd that happen? No reason. I, let, let me tell you, I, I, the, my life, one of the things i got to be real careful on is, is a little bit of this retribution theology, if I can confess my sin. Honestly. You know, like, oh, doggone you. you look at you, man. Look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. You're a mess. You're a mess. You're a mess. And then God all of a sudden just blesses him. And I go, well, that blows my theology right there. That blows it up. Listen, don't live your life like the elder brother in Luke 15. Prodigal son, spending all his daddy's stuff. He's out there, listen to me, pardon me, Sunday morning, whoring and hooking up, drinking and drugging and shooting and popping and snorting and living the life under the disco lights. That's 1970s, okay, just in case you knew. What's disco? <laughs> Man, he decided to come home. Everybody loved the brother when he came home. Daddy did, servants did. Only person that didn't was the older brother. How could you love him? How could you bless him? How could you be good to him? He took all your stuff. 
He went away. He needs to pay. Retribution theology. Man, dad was a principled man. Type of God the Father. Type of Jesus that just welcomes us home. Listen, God will keep you when it's crazy. Listen, if you'll just turn toward him. That's what repentance means. Change of mind, change of direction. Just, just changing my mind. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to look to you. Listen, God will keep you when it's crazy. He'll keep you. Middle of wars, middle of stuff going on, loss of income, stuff happening, maybe attacking your body. Come on, let's believe God that God's going to keep you. The sword, the famine, the wild beast, the pestilence of Ezekiel 14. Secondly, God will keep you when it's crazy. How about this? Just stay away from crazy. Let's just stay away from crazy. Come on, this is, a, this is a God word for all of us. Noah, listen, Noah, Daniel, and Job had crazy people around him. The people in Noah's day said, you know, man, you crazy. You building a boat. Come on, what are you doing? Daniel had crazy people tried to set him up just because he was praying. He said, I'm going to pray. And they set him up. They, that, that, that's how he got in the lion's den. He had, he had some crazy friends around him. Come on, and then, then we know with Job. Job had crazy around him. He had a crazy wife. <laughs> he had some crazy friends, too, that just said, you know, again, retribution theology. You're in the mess because God's ticked at you. You've done something wrong. Listen, get yourself some new friends, if that's your friends. Man, stay away from crazy. I encourage you limit your social media feed limit your reading on that stuff and limit everybody's opinions and posts and and that, listen can I just say this man I've, I've been talking to Kimberly about this because you know here's what here's a fear of mine this is a reverence godly fear because I've seen this the older people get the stranger they can get don't say yeah I've been looking wondering about you pastor okay don't say that but we have seen this we have seen this. So older people that got a little bit of gray or a lot of bit of gray or nothing, no gray, no more, no nothing, you need to listen. And what I'm encouraging you to do is stay away from crazy. Stay away from extremes. Man, so what I like to do, and I've been doing this, thank God, I'm, I, th I think I'm wising up. Number one, I ask Kimberly, and I say, hey, um, uh, ask somebody you really love. Like, what do you think about this? I'm thinking this, or I'm hearing this, or I'm sensing this. It's like, uh, before you post something, how about you ask somebody else to read it? Or we might, you know, have to get you out of jail or something. We'll come see you. We'll bring you a sandwich, but stay away from crazy. Just stay away from crazy. And just lastly, what we found out, what Jesus said in Luke 13, is live for heaven, just live for heaven, live for heaven, live with a heavenly perspective, live with heavenly morals, live with heavenly values, L live with heavenly principles, live with heavenly thoughts, live with heavenly decisions. What, what's heaven saying right now? What's, what, what's, what's God wanna do in my life? I serve God with your gifts, talents, your abilities, your money, your resources, your life, Ser serve God, serve God, man. Just, just, just get the crazy. God is going to keep you when it's crazy. Stay away from crazy and, and just live for heaven. You can do this. You can do this. You can, in the middle of the land, you're going to be affected. You're going to be affected. If gas prices go up, everybody's affected. 
if there's an economic shortfall, everybody's affected. But God will keep you. Come on, come on, somebody. Come on home. Give some high fives on the emojis on the, on the chat. God's going to keep you. But the perspective is live for heaven. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. All my life, since I started serving the Lord 40 years now, and really all my life, you know, I've been serving the Lord, but really full-time, full-time, 40 years. I've heard people saying, Jesus is coming back. Come on, Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And so you need to live every day. You need to occupy till he comes, the Bible says. But live every day. This could be the day. Come on, this could be the day. So my eyes are going to be up toward heaven. My, 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 my feet are going to be busy about the things of heaven. My hands are going to be active in the things of heaven. Because I want to let my life be used for the purpose of God. I want to be a man, a woman, a teenager, living life on purpose. I, 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 want, to, I, I, want, to, I just don't want to read Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't, want, I don't want to read about lions and fires and bears. Over here. I don't want to read about all that stuff. But how'd they do it? How'd they do it? Come on, how'd they do it? They couldn't do it in 2020. No way they couldn't. No, they'd be, they'd be doing it in 2020 because they were people of principle. And you can do it too. And I can do it too. And God's going to help us to Him be the glory. Can you raise your hands this morning and say amen? Come on, how many of y'all received that this morning? Amen. Come on, back in the house, raise your hands up and say praise the Lord. Wave a hanky or something out there. Come on, let's pray. Bow your head. Would you do it? Dear Heavenly Father, difficult season.